Amen. Well, I already said it, but welcome back to Sunday night as we continue our look at the book of John. Uh, We're going to be in John chapter 3 tonight, and we're going to really focus in on verse 6. We're going to read the same passage that we read last week, but uh, we're going to really focus in on verse 6. I think it has a lot more to show us. So, John chapter 3. Brother, did you bring up the Hamiltons? I did not. Um... Ron and Ron did pass away. Um, I think the funeral is set for the yes. celebration of life is set for was yesterday. No, no, it's next Saturday. Is it next 20, Saturday? Twenty ninth. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also forgot to add. Uh, I did talk to Brother Paul Stalkup today, uh, the man from Osceola that helped us. Uh, he goes in tomorrow for an angiogram and Friday for surgery uh, on his heart to repair his aorta and. Uh, get things fixed uh, that he was struggling with there. So, uh, and did you get the word on Ben Metzinger? Yes, Ben is uh, recovering. He uh, was at church today. Uh, they found a artery in his heart that had a 95% blockage, and um, he is, they put a stent in, and he's doing well. Um, he's talking like he's going to be back at work on Monday, and uh, just, he was feeling good today, so we'll see. Um but yeah, uh, definitely keep those things in prayer. Keep uh, uh, the other things on our prayer list uh, in prayer. And uh, obviously uh, keep praying for the services as we go. But we're going to be in John chapter 3 again tonight. And uh, we're going to start at verse number 1. John chapter 3 verse number 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, or say unto you, no, unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse number 6 is where we're going to start off tonight. But that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse number 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now last week we looked at uh, the first six or seven verses and we saw uh, Jesus' explanation to Nicodemus and why it is so important to be born again, what, is, what that requires, what that means. And uh, we saw Nicodemus's hang-up, I guess you would say, his, his issue with not understanding uh, as he asks in verse number four, does he have to enter his mother's womb the second time and, and be born again? And um, Christ explains that, no, it's, it's the spirit that has to be born again, that spirit that was uh, given to us when we were created, that was, uh, became dead when Adam sinned, and was passed on, that dead spirit was passed on to all of us, that is what must be born again, and that is what is going to enter into uh, the kingdom of heaven, is going to enter into uh, all eternity with God. So this week we're going to take a look at uh, this idea of what is flesh is flesh, and what is spirit is spirit. Um, So let me ask you this, and this is a really horrible joke, but what do a German shepherd and the Samaritan woman at the well have in common? Oh, sorry, and a husky have in common. Come on, this one's easy. They're all dogs. 
Two are dogs by birth and one by choice. Uh, as she is really a human, but she made herself a dog. Remember the Samaritan woman at the well uh, that Jesus was talking to, or no, I'm mixed up. It's not the Samaritan woman. It's, it is a Samaritan woman that came to Jesus that wanted her daughter healed. And uh, that's probably why it was, I was getting a lot of blank looks. Anyway, uh, Christ says, you know, that it's not meat uh, to take the, the, the food from the children and give it to the dogs. And she says, yes, but even the dogs at the table uh, eat the scraps, eat, eat the leftovers. And so she's made herself, uh, she's humbled herself to that point of understanding where she is. Um, but she's still never going to actually be a dog. Although there are many today that are trying to change themselves but i don't want to get into that um but no matter how hard we try we cannot change who we are we can only uh we can clean ourselves up we can change our appearance but the dna dna doesn't lie we are all of our father the devil and it's only by god's grace and mercy that he allows those who believe on jesus as savior that we are uh we are allowed to become the sons of god so we're going to jump into John 3, uh, verse number 6, and we're going to take a look at uh, all of this. But um, the first thing we need to understand is we are born of the flesh. We are born in flesh. We are born in sin. We are born after uh, the similitude of Adam. And flesh is a picture for us in the Bible. It's a picture of Caesar. Uh, or Caesar and Rome are a picture of the flesh. Uh, any nation... Not of Israel is a picture of the world and the flesh, and it's all a picture of Satan. So the fleshly man, the, the um, carnal man, uh, is a picture of Satan. John 8, 44 uh, shows us a little bit of this. John 8 and verse number 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Notice here that there is no qualifier uh, in John 8.44. It just says, Ye, or all of you, are of your father the devil. Now, we know that in this passage, Christ is talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, and, and uh he goes on in several places to call them hypocrites, and he's called them that in verses before. But understanding that we are all in that situation. Remember, all is all that all means, and that's all that all means. Uh, that's why John 3.16, that we're going to look at in about three weeks coming up, is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. It's the whole world, everything in the world. Romans uh, 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone, no one is able to live up to the standard that God has set. So we have to understand that we are born of the flesh. Romans 5.12 um, <clears throat> Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Again, that word all. Romans 3.23, we just said it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think we're all pretty clear that our flesh is the flesh of the devil. Uh, and we understand who in the Bible is a picture of the devil. That understanding makes us makes these next few verses even more interesting. And, and these are uh, some things that I just happened to be catching through as I was, I was listening to, to it. But if you go to Matthew 22, uh, verses 
16 through 22. Here, Christ is just uh, given a message and, and he's taught. And now uh, the Herodians and the, the scribes and the Pharisees have gotten together. And remember, the Herodians are, are men that are Jews that are choosing to serve Herod. Like Matthew himself would have been considered a, Hero, a Herodian. Uh, someone who was uh, basically seen as a traitor to his own nation. But in Matthew 22 and verse number 16, it says, And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither, neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is the image and superscription? And they say unto him, Caesar. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God, which are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Now Mark 12, verses 13 through 17, and Luke 20, verses 21 through 26, tell us the exact same thing. The idea is to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, and to render unto God that which is God's. These questions were brought forth by another group uh, who pictures the flesh and the devil, and a group who has a form of godliness, but is lacking the power up thereof. Remember, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, walked like they believed in God. They walked like they wanted to follow God, like they were worshiping the one true God, but they lacked the power of understanding Christ the Messiah, of understanding God's Messiah, uh, of understanding the full truth. Um, Pastor Hannes this morning uh, was talking about uh, the resurrection and, and the glory of God and how many times uh, showing God's glory is is pointing towards the resurrection. But then he also went back to uh, the Old Testament through uh, Moses and all the prophets and showed Christ in all of that. Uh, showed how it was foretold that he must die. I mean, even, uh, I noticed, even all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, and this is not in here, this is just something that popped in this morning, but Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee, this is God speaking to the devil, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So we understand that uh, Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. He was not born of Joseph, uh, his earthly father. He was born of God. And he is the seed of woman. He's the only one that could possibly be considered the seed of woman because the seed is passed down from the man. But we understand that Christ was going to be bruised. He was going to have to suffer in order for his just even his heel to be bruised. And in this point, looking forward, you understand that, that he had to die and be buried. And there, there are many more passages throughout that, that show his burial, his death, his burial and his resurrection. And Christ teaches throughout uh, his uh, the, his disciples and his apostles that he's going to die, he's going to be turned over and he's going to be crucified and he's going to rise, rise again and they don't get it. But we have no excuse. We have the entire book. We have the beginning and the end. We have no excuse for not understanding all of this. Yet Israel, throughout their history, uh, who is considered God's chosen people, who God has taken a special interest in, 
uh, willingly chose to render unto Caesar that which belonged to God. So they are, they are instead of uh, giving the proper worship and understanding their prophets and understanding the priest and, and the teachings of God, they are choosing instead to worship a false god. We, we see this in, in Matthew 27 and uh, Matthew 27 verses 22 through 23. I'm trying to remember where we're at here. Matthew 27, verses 22 and 23. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. Um, Mark 15, Luke 23, John 19, all of these, Israel should have known their Messiah, should have known who Jesus was. And these very people that on... The, the triumphal entry were, were laying their garments in the street and the palm leaves down and, and saying Hosanna to the highest and praising him as a conquering king coming in are now demanding that he be, he be crucified. That, that, that love that God has given them, they're demanding that it be sent and, and given to something else. Adam, back in Genesis 3, verses 6 and 7, um, we understand that we are all descendants from Adam. And, but we also need to understand that he's the first Hebrew. He is the first of God's chosen people. Um, Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also under her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Instead of giving their love and their worship to God and obeying Him and following Him, they chose to give it uh, to Satan. They chose to give in to the temptation of the devil. Luke 3, uh, verse number 38. Luke 3, verse number 38 says, Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Adam was created perfect. He was a son of God. And he chose willingly to follow another, to give uh, the life that he had been given by God, the breath that God had breathed into his nostrils. He chose to give it to someone else. He chose to render it unto Caesar. Noah, Abraham, Isaac, uh, Israel, Jacob, who would become Israel, and all their descendants, God's chosen people, chose to follow idols and give their worship to them. Not once, but daily for several thousand years at this point. They are still today choosing to give their worship, to give uh, their devotion to a false god. Noah, even Noah, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Noah, who built the ark and was saved from the flood, him and his sons, Noah, who was perfect in his generations, as soon as the flood was over, as soon as the hard times were over, he got drunk. He chose to give his heart to his wine, and he got drunk and caused an entire race to be cursed. The entire Old Testament is full of time after time, God's chosen people 
choosing to give God's worship unto Caesar. Now God has given you the opportunity to become his child and give him the worship that he craves. In John 1.12, uh, we've gone through this many times, but it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We have the power to become the sons of God. We have the power to break the cycle and choose to give, to render unto God the things which are God's. And to render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. To follow these words. But in order for that to happen, we must be born of the Spirit. That's, that's what Jesus is trying to teach Nicodemus here. The only possible way to give God the proper worship is to first be born of the Spirit. It's to first have the Spirit of God in you. And that only comes through salvation. And we went through salvation last week, but... Um, Salvation is placing your faith and trust in Christ and His finished work on the cross and what He, the gift that He gave you, and that's it. You can't have faith in your works to save you. You can't have faith in your baptism to save you. I, I'm uh, Rachel and I went and talked to my uncle yesterday, and and um, some other drama going on in my family. But one of his uh, big laments is that uh, they because of covid they've been out of church and they haven't been able to take their grandson and get him baptized because they are worried that if he dies and he's not baptized he's going to go to hell well i hate to tell him but that's not what's going to send him to hell um uh, and he's he's six so he's yeah doesn't he hudson isn't he six Oh, Teddy. Teddy. Teddy, yeah, he's like four. So he has no idea what's going on. But um, the only way for us to be born of the Spirit, the only way for us to truly be able to worship God the way He desires is to be saved. The Spirit in us is a picture of the church. It's It's a picture of the bride of Christ. It is God's family. It is that third part of us that was once dead that is now resurrected. Ephesians 5, 25 Gentiles eat pork chops. There we go. Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Christ gave himself. He gave his spirit to us. When we got saved, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, comforter indwelled us and lives in us. That's the way we're to love our spouses, but that's also the way we're to love each other. But instead, we choose, uh, we must choose. Uh, after we're born again, after we are truly saved and we can now understand the proper worship of God, we must choose then to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and not that which is God's. We have to understand first that Caesar is dead. The devil that Caesar is a picture of is defeated. Revelation 20, uh, Revelation 20, verse 1 through 3, and then again in verse number 14. Twenty is after seventeen, and I keep going backwards. Revelation twenty, verse number one, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. 
And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. Then verse number 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Satan is defeated. It might not have happened yet, but it will happen. It is promised in God's word. It will happen. So if Caesar is dead, and Satan is defeated, and our flesh is a picture of Caesar and a picture of Satan, then we must render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Your flesh should be dead and buried with them. In Galatians twenty, or Galatians two, and verse number twenty, it says, "I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me." Paul here is saying he was crucified with Christ. In Galatians 5.24, he goes through this again. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Our flesh should be crucified with Christ. That old man, that, that... that um, carnal nature should be put down and should be buried uh, with Christ. It should be rendered unto Caesar because Caesar's dead. It should be right there with him. Once we are able to render our flesh, to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, then we must render unto God that which is God, which is God's. And we are God's. We, not we are God's, we belong to God. Uh, we are a possession of God. He bought us. In 1 Corinthians 6.20 1 Corinthians 9, 7, 6 1 Corinthians 6.20 For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That price was his own son. He gave his only son so that we could be saved. In 1 Corinthians 7 and verse number 23, it says, Ye are bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. Again, Paul is talking about how we were purchased with Christ's blood. We are, God owns us. Not only us, but he, actually, he owns the whole world. There are just those that are choosing uh, to disobey him. There's, there's those that are choosing again to render unto Caesar that which belonged to God. But not only are we bought, we are adopted. Again, John 1.12, uh, for as many as believe, or for as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans 8.14 page. Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Led means they're following. You know, uh, 
Psalm 23, Psalm of David, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Those are great things, but they, they also show us a responsibility from us, uh, from David himself, that he had to not only, the Lord couldn't lead him if he wasn't willing to follow. Uh, the Lord couldn't make him to lie down in the green pastures if he wasn't willing to obey and remain in the green pastures. Uh, there's there's a, a requirement from us. True salvation means following God, not the little g gods, not our flesh. Romans 8, 15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And then in verse number 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our bodies. Over to Romans 9, verse 4. Who are Israelites, let's go to verse 3. For I, I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Paul yearns so much for his brethren to be saved, for them to come to know Christ, to, to truly serve God, that he says he would gladly curse himself. He would gladly send himself to hell if it meant that his brethren would be saved. Galatians 4.5 Galatians 4.5 says, To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Ephesians 1.5 says, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now we understand that that predestinated isn't just for those that are saved. That predestinated is for the whole world. They are all predestinated to be saved if they will accept Christ. It's their choice that sends them to hell. But we are all adopted. My dad... Um, you guys have heard the story many times. My biological father left. He gave up his rights to me. He said, you are no longer my son. Now, it'll never change that I have his DNA, that I look like him, that I, I sound like him. That will never change. I will always be his son. But he no longer has rights to be my father. But my dad, when I was three, adopted me. And to this day, I'm known as Eric's boy. Because even now, at 40 years old, that, that adoption didn't run out. It wasn't, it didn't stop when I turned 18 and became my own man. I am still his son. I still have all the benefits of being his heir, of, of being his family. I still receive all of those benefits. That can never change. God, Christ died for us. When we get saved, we become God's children and that will never change. So if we're bought and we're adopted, then we need to live for Him. We need to render unto God that which is God's, ours, us, our spirit, our life. We need to give it to God. We need to live for Him. I've said it before. My pastor in Missouri said it 
almost once a week, if you own the gospel, you owe the gospel. If Christ has saved you, salvation, again, is by faith alone. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. It, It is by faith and faith only. But faith without works is vain. Faith without works is a lie. If you claim to have faith, but you're not willing, if you claim to have faith and be a son of God, but you're not willing to live and serve God, something's wrong. So just do it. So live for Him. Serve Him. Render unto God that which is God's. This verse number 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's so much deeper than just what we are. If we are born of the Spirit, we need to be Spirit. We need to give to God what we need to be. Remember, we're adopted and we're bought, so live for Him. The song comes to mind, Trust and Obey. Faith equals works. Faith demands a reaction. If you own the gospel, you owe the gospel. We're a little earlier than I expected to be tonight, but think about that this week as we go throughout the week and and, uh, try to be a light shining in this community, in this world, everywhere we are. It's not just a a part-time thing. It's an all-day, everyday thing that we're supposed to live for God. We can't turn our little light off and not be saved. It needs to always be on. So think about that this week as we interact, as we uh, begin to pray and and work towards uh, our first services in May and then uh, our Maxwell Market in the Park. Think about uh, how you can can serve and how you can live for God. And how you can be the picture of of God that you need to be so that others will want what we have. Let's pray and then we'll uh